We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to Light Years, the after show. Andy Lou, the Warriors are officially the eighth seed. We are recording this directly after their 113-101 win against the Memphis Grizzlies. We do not know who they will play. We suspect they'll be the Lakers, could be the Grizzlies. But man, that was a game. Uh, one of those games where it felt like the Warriors were toggling between the last five games that they played where they look amazing and then the early season Warriors where they look awful so it was perfect I think it was a perfect uh encapsulation of the entire season Sam it was per- from, from them going up 17 and then and then going down by a point with a couple of minutes left and then just winning the game going away it was it was incredible best game and of the year so far and it felt like a playoff game to me because um well for a lot of reasons. One, it was. It had playoff implications. So essentially it's a playoff game. But uh, the way Kerr was coaching it, the way um, – what's his name? Taylor Jenkins on the – like the rotations, getting Steph in there early, not you know waiting for things to kind of devolve because we're not chasing wins. Felt like a playoff game to me. Um, we yep. will have a pod out late on Monday, maybe Tuesday morning, uh, previewing the actual matchup of who they play. but. For today, I just want to focus on number 30 a little bit to start it off. What a show, man. With the Baron tribute at the end. You know how Draymond said he doesn't like We Believe? Uh, I suspect Steph likes the We Believe comp. Steph's the dude who made them wear the We Believe jerseys to shut down Oracle. I think he's always had a little bit of reverence for kind of their style and the way they played. And I think that was a little little, uh, hat tip 
to Baron Davis. <laughs> I it took me a second to realize that was the tribute uh, to Baron Davis. Because at first I was like, I was like, why? You know, we didn't notice because he was so juiced. And then I was like, oh, why is he doing that? And then I and then it hit me. I think with Steph, I think he doesn't care that um that people comparing him to We Believe means that you know this team isn't as good to like isn't as good as a championship team, right? Because when you think of We Believe, you think of him as just a one round team. Um, I think. People think more highly of Draymond and Steph, which I know Draymond does of himself. He's like, we're not a one-round playoff team. But I think Steph doesn't care about that. He just, he's just, he just walks in there. He's just like, look, we believe it was awesome. It was a great moment. And then he did his own it's, version it's, of that play, right? It's cultural re- relevance to him. Steph heard it's everyone not, talk yeah. about we believe when he was a rookie. Um, they just they but mean something to the he, community. For him, it's like more about just that, in my opinion. And he did his own version of the Baron Davis dunk. Baron Davis did his dunk, and you know Steph's not doing that dunk. So he said, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. "What do Steph's, I?" <laughs> Steph's not going to finish over Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> so he did his uh, he did his own version. He just he took a step back from the free throw line, extended, took another step back, and then took another, and then just just put that thing in. It felt like it dropped from I don't know. He shot that thing from so far away, and it went so high. Uh, and drop right in, and then it was just it was it was a capper. I'm looking at the replay right now. You can see the Grizzlies players. You can see their heads drop. And uh, I mean, we've seen that a million times, right, in the last five, six, seven years. So uh, that was you beautiful. know, you know, he saw John Morant's tweet and the kind of just the the trash talk Jaw oh, had yeah. said over the years. And I think yeah. Steph likes it. I think he prefers someone go at him like it gets him going little bit like you know how Draymond gets off on that a little bit too I think I think it's good for them I think they like it when people challenge them uh and in Steph fashion I think that's why I got 46 tonight a little bit of a <laughs> slow start played through it 36 shots man this is this is what we wanted to see from Steph this is what we missed all of last year just like let Steph be Steph and just go did you know 36 is his highest shots uh shots per att- uh attempted shots per uh, game in his career i had no idea i guess it kind of makes sense because he's just never he's always had he'll rather defer to someone like if clay's hot he'll give it to him in a playoff setting and like i think even if clay was in this game he wouldn't shoot 36 but my god i didn't know 36 was the highest he's ever shot um but this was kind of a perfect situation where the team they're up by 17 but when they went back down he came in he shot like 10 times in the last uh what he come in with nine ten minutes nine minutes ten minutes to go so it was it was really perfect uh, I want to, I want to talk about that fourth quarter a little bit because um, they nearly choked it away, and for a period there, it felt like everyone else on the roster got really tight, didn't want to take a shot. Ooh. They go like three, four possessions, not three, four possessions, like three, four minutes, where um, you know, Pool is overpassing, Wiggins is overpassing, Draymond loves to overpass. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're turning it over and the Grizz got back into the game. And I feel like the, the biggest part of that game was, uh, Draymond just head down to the rim, gets two points following possession. Jordan Poole lets it rip, hits a three. And then Wiggins with the putback dunk that changed the flow of the game. They foul out Dylan Brooks. And then Steph goes nuts on top of that. That changed. That was I don't want to say they grew up before our eyes, but I thought that was big for Poole and Wiggins specifically. Like we know Steph and Draymond will be there in those moments. Poole and Wiggins haven't been there in those moments. Like they just haven't been in that situation. It was, I thought that was huge. I think that's going to matter. Oh, I love this. I love this. Yeah. I love that take. Uh, 
not even to take the observation. I think you're 100% right. Jordan, okay, so I want to talk about these two players. Uh, I'll start with Andrew Wiggins first. Um, he missed a pick and roll. It wasn't really his fault. Draymond stepped up to guard uh, John Morant. John Morant passes to Jonas, who's cutting down and gets an easy dunk. And Draymond, as far as I can see, kind of rips into him, right? He's like, where are you? Not that Wiggins would have blocked the shot, but maybe he gets there quicker. He gets a steal. And two possessions later, Wiggins shows up and gets that um, rebound dunk, right? Rebound put back. And it puts the Warriors up three, like you just said, which I thought was amazing. Because uh, Wiggins, we always talk about, you know, he could be kind of lackadaisical out there, not really in there. But he heard Draymond, and he, and, and from there, he, he looked great at that dunk. So I thought that was cool um, growing up, like you said. He's still pretty young. Jordan Poole, though. <laughs> Jordan my Poole. guy. Oh, my, my guy. Oh. Yeah. I, I want to... Are you kidding? Yeah, we could do like five minutes on Jordan Poole right now. That's incredible. Let, let, let me say one thing on Wiggins. You know what I loved about Wiggins' game today? Ten rebounds, 21 points. He made a lot of those um, dirty work plays using his athleticism, which has always been the complaint about Wiggins. It's like, dude, you're the most athletic guy on the floor. How are you only getting two rebounds in a game, right? You're the most athletic guy on the floor. How are you not defending? How are you not like grabbing loose balls, stuff like that? And today you saw the – Wiggins is, is, I guess, one of those guys who just needed to be in the right environment to bring it out of him. Uh, because from what I saw today, I mean, I don't think you're going to have any issues with him in the playoffs. He he may struggle with his handle just because it's, it is what it is, right? Like, uh, he's not turning into Kevin Durant with the ball handling by next week. Like, sorry, guys, probably never either, by the way. Um, but, like, just use the tools you have. He can be a pretty impactful player. I liked what I saw. Yeah, defensively, a uh, few great plays that he had. Uh, that block against slow-mo was hilarious. Uh, I, I couldn't stop laughing. That's the one I remember because he's literally slow-mo is so slow that he has a wide open layup, but he says that Wiggins catches up and swats it. It's actually a pretty big part of the game too, but he's been steady defensively. Um, but I, yeah, the fun, the fun stuff here is, uh, is, is Jordan Poole. He's, he's the one guy where if you, cause teams are team Memphis doubled Steph behind the half court line today, um, which we. I mean, he before, had but I he had five funny. eyes on him. He had five <laughs> eyes on him all the time. That's kind of <laughs> always been something. I'm, it's it's been funny to me. People are like, "Oh, in the playoffs, they're going to come up with more defenses and five guys on him." So I was like, "They've been doing that in the regular season all year." <laughs> so it's just like it's just quite frankly, it'll be better players. It'll be Anthony Davis and LeBron. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. like it, it, that's yeah. the difference. It's not like the scheme's different. It's just better players doing it. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, someone goes. We'll someone goes. Now. Someone goes. Five eyes. Grizzlies had five cyclopses. Fair point. Holding accountable. <laughs> you know holding what I'm saying. Holding us accountable. Yeah, you know. You know what I'm saying. By the way, very appropriate name. Hey, you. You. You <laughs> fact check us the rest of the way through. I'll read it out when I see it. Um. <laughs> uh. You know what I love about Jordan Poole when when he when the Warriors drafted him I didn't know too much about him other than the big shot he hit in the tournament he kind of had the reputation for being a guy who wasn't afraid to take the big shot also not afraid to take any shot you know he's kind of that kind of guy a little wild with that stuff um the Warriors need that more than anything particularly without Clay Thompson right they just need someone who just says F it and trust their skill and lets it fly. Um, he is skilled. He's more skilled off the bounce than I ever thought he, he would be. Uh, he can obviously shoot the ball and 
I don't know. Does Jordan Poole strike you as a guy who's going to get like afraid of the Lakers if they have to play the Lakers? Do you think he's going to be afraid of the Utah Jazz if they end up playing the Jazz the first round? I was like, no. If he gets if he gets um, taken out of a game, it's just going to be because you know AD is a defensive player of the year type of player. It won't be because he like got shook by the moment. I think that playing with Steph <laughs> is is. You know how when they say James Wiseman, oh, you know, if he gets if he gets some time with Kevin Garnett, it's going to help. If he gets some time with Cedric, it's going to help. It's like, yeah, but, you know, like a couple of weeks with KG, like what's that really going to do? I'm sure it's helpful, but it's not really going to do that much. But maybe, maybe, we'll get some, maybe we'll get some wild quotes out of Wiseman if he spends two yeah. weeks with KG. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, but we watched Jordan Poole play a season with Steph Curry. And this game, I'm watching him do the relocation. Uh, I'm watching him do the step back threes. I'm watching. He had a a really amazing pocket pass in the first half in the second quarter there. Like some of these plays that I'm watching, I'm just like, I mean, I mean, he's the same shade as Steph, but goddamn, he's also playing similar to Steph too uh, in some of these minutes. And it's incredible to watch. Uh, what was Steph doing at 21 years old? Was he still playing at Davidson or like a rookie or something like that? Right? Like it, it's, he's so young and some of the plays that he's making, uh, it, it, you can just tell he's learning from Steph. Like that, it, and, and, it is. It's, and it's I wanna, incredible. And I want to give Kerr a little credit here for relaxing <laughs> with Jordan Poole. It's not a secret he's been tough on Jordan Poole. Uh, Poole, also everyone around the team knows Poole was just maniacal during the pandemic. Just like the one leading open runs for like nine months. Like it's been written about. It's not a secret. Uh, but I, I think Kerr's always had a... I mean, he doesn't like guys who want to dance on the ball. Let's be real. Like, that's not Kerr's that's thing. how he and, thought like, about Steph jo- for a little bit. Yeah, and, and Jordan Poole's – I mean, that step back is basically the Harden move. We know how we know how Steve feels about that. And I feel like, you know, he, he, he gave Jordan Poole kind of a, uh, a short leash for a large part of the season. And halfway through the season, you know, whatever happened, maybe – uh, you know, he chilled out or he saw something different or whatever. He He's just giving Jordan Poole a little more rope. And for, for creative players like Jordan Poole, like you kind of have to, and you have to live yes. with the fact that they're going to take a couple, a couple shots you don't like. You'd rather give them a little too much rope and have to tighten it mid game than the opposite where you're like, where they're in their own head and they're afraid to like, do anything or like, make a mistake. Like the other, like the other 20 year old on the team. Um, I, I think that's yeah. Bob Myers did us a solid and, and got rid of Wanamaker, so they had no choice but to play Jordan Poole. So good for Bob, uh, good for Kirk. And yeah, it's like office. it's like Billy Bean trading the starting first baseman so that uh, Art Howe had to play Scott Hatterberg, who he wanted no at first base. Shout out, <laughs> yeah. shout out, Moneyball. Uh, but yeah, I thought so. I, I also want one more thing about Jordan Poole that I, that I really enjoy is that he's also running around uh, the same way that Steph does. Right, uh, which no other player in the league does as much as Steph. Which is another thing, by the way. Steph, Steph today ran around so much that the Memphis guys look. T- Memphis guys aren't old. They're like the, they're the, one of the youngest teams in the league. They are. They are a young team that's going to be really good in, in a couple of seasons, and they look tired. Chase Shout out our three uh, years old. Insane. D- Dylan Brooks fouling. I mean, Dylan Brooks had about twelve fouls when he finally got he called for a sixth one. Um, no, incredible. I'm a huge fan. I would yeah, love yeah. like. He's a he's a better version of Baysmore is what he is. Yeah. Uh, same same type of thing where it's like every team needs a guy like that, and uh, he is, um, you know, 
he did make life hard on Steph. He was getting away with some holding and some stuff, but like that's the job. There's no other way to guard Steph than playing him. kind of within within the margins. Like Chris Ball does it too. Like you, if you play Steph straight up, you're gonna get cooked. The only way to do it is like try to bump him and hope the ref doesn't see most of it. Um, and I, I thought he did a good job, but like beyond like eventually the fouls. I thought he, I thought he looked dead tired at the end too. I think that was part of it. Also, he looked, he, I don't think he's got, I mean, it's different than guarding James Harden. Harden's phenomenal, but Harden isn't making you run 10 to 15 miles a game the way Steph does. I think Dylan Brooks, who's generally a really good defender, just like hit a bit of a wall there. Yeah. You got to get used to that. That's why I'm excited for Friday and look a little bit ahead. If it is a must win game against Memphis, that'll be interesting to see how that's going to go. Cause they've now seen Steph one time. I don't know. It's probably going to be better. for And them. they saw and they, they saw, saw each other, other and they all did kind of like playoff stuff both. Like they played in a serious. They, they did. They, they did. played in a serious yeah. game. This wasn't a um, February third. Like you know, who cares who wins? <laughs> Forty six in a must win game. Also, the other thing, I, I kind of just can't get over Steph's performance. And here's the thing: he didn't even shoot that great tonight, right? Like you look at his shooting numbers, he was horrible in the first half. And it was the second half where he kind of got his wind under him. Maybe he's one of those guys where sometimes I feel like, hey, he got like four days off. I don't know if that's good for him. He probably only needs two days off. He didn't need all those days off because he comes out here, he looks like he's out of rhythm. But um, he's good now. It looks like the, the playing game is going to be on Wednesday. So it, it's going to be perfect um, for Steph. But he, when he got in rhythm, I mean, just one of those games where as Draymond says, and Dray, this is why I'm, I'm with Draymond of the not we believe stuff. You got Steph Curry. He's 15,000 times better than what we believe had ever had. But, hey, you got to love the tribute, though. That was still amazing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's talk about Draymond and then open this yeah. to questions. Yeah. Um, Draymond set the tone early and set the tone late. I feel like, okay, one, he got uh, eight points in the first quarter. So we sh- the game was already over then. He hit his eight, game over. We all know the rule. Draymond scores eight, they win. <laughs> But beyond that, you know, in the beginning of the game, it was tenuous. They, uh, the Grizzlies' size was overwhelming the Warriors. They hadn't gone small yet. They needed Draymond to – they needed someone to step up and get the scoring going, and Draymond did it. And then um, at the end of the game, like the, the, the stretch I mentioned, Draymond got the key bucket that kind of like got the Warriors to loosen up a little bit. And then obviously on the defensive end, I mean, again, I don't know – if he's 2000, he's not 2016 Draymond, but like he might be 90% of that guy right now. The athleticism looks about 90% of the it way there. Nice. And um, the IQ is obviously 101% of the way. In, in fact, it's beyond it because 2016 Draymond, well, we don't need to go through the things he did to get himself suspended. But the IQ is the IQ is there. And um, he you know, I think physically he's a lot closer to being the prime version of Draymond than I thought was possible, which is the most encouraging sign because our concerns with Draymond were never that like he didn't understand how to play basketball. Let me, uh, let me read you a quote. Draymond after the game, I'm a fucking dog. <laughs> People have been going at me for years with centers. They've been going at Loon for years. That shit ain't work yet. Uh, he said, we dogs, but we keep trying. See, if I said it in Draymond's voice, it'd be a lot cooler, but uh, I thought that was a pretty funny quote. Uh, it was funny at the beginning of the game when Jonas was going off and, and Jaron Jackson shooting threes, and then you got Fitz talking about Jaron Jackson should go to the hole instead of shooting as many threes, classic stuff. Uh, I thought it was also funny because you know what's the best way to go up against uh, uh, big teams that are going big? Just play Draymond at the freaking five. <laughs> like, just play him at the five. 
he can handle Jonas better than any big can in the NBA outside of like also like, Jonas Bears, can't AD. Jonas can't keep you know? up with the speed the Warriors play at when Draymond's at five. I think a friend of the show Feltbot is probably the most consistent in saying yeah. it, but it's like when the Warriors run, they create havoc on both sides of the ball and. and- it, basically, the only center not, who can hang at that speed is like Anthony Davis, who's not really even a center. Also, like, but like someone like Jonas, like he can't he can't play up and down like that. And he's not he's not backing him down, scoring thirty. Like that's just that's not happening. No center has ever right. done that against. We've never seen that in the existence of the NBA. Shaq, okay, like that's the only guy that I would say, yeah, he's gonna back Draymond down and drop thirty on him. But we've never seen anybody do that. So there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no point uh, putting a big in there. Like, Looney's great, but if I had to go win it, just put him at the five, dream at the five, put JT at the four. Hopefully JT is healthy after that ankle tweak. And, and just go and run these guys off the floor, and you see how tired Memphis was. So, yeah, I'm with you. Dream at the five. I think he tweeted this. He's, that lineup's been unstoppable for seven years. You might as well just keep going to it. There's no reason to, to think about matching bigs against bigs. Like, Draymond has no issues guarding Jonas, in my opinion. Yeah, and honestly, like, they, they, they had the loony Draymond lineup in there for a while where I was just like, you're just playing into Jonas's hands a little bit here. You're making him more playable. I don't know why you would do that. Like do the Nelly ball thing and mix it up, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. They, they pulled it out. Um, just something to monitor going forward. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash light years now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get 
roman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Let's get to some questions. Maxwell, what's up, man? What you got for us? Uh, first things first, uh, Steph is a, I, I think um, it's con- universally considered that Steph's the best player in the league right now. And uh, f- for the longest time, people have said AI is the best pound for pound player ever. I think Steph deserves that title now. I mean, I don't know why AI was considered that in the first place, but I think Steph, without a doubt, deserves that title now. Um, and I, I have two questions. Uh, first, can you make the case that the Delo trade is the best trade ever? Because we got Wiggs, who's been extremely valuable for us this year, way more valuable than Delo could have been. Two, we got a very valuable pick. And three, we have a player who might end up being better than Delo, Jordan Poole. Uh, so uh, I think you can make a good case that that's the best trade in Warriors history. And two, do you guys think that we have a quote-unquote death lineup, or do you think uh, our best lineup is matchup dependent? Great question, um, Maxwell. Um, I don't know if it's the greatest trade in NBA history, but it's clearly a win for the Warriors. I, you know, greatest trade in NBA history might be the Warriors trading the picks that turned into McHale and perish to the Celtics. Stop, the stop. We're not, we're not, we're not, yeah, we're yeah. Doing, but yes. We're not doing Boston. But we're, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a different, that's a different Sam podcast. Simmons. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, oh man, 1947 Warriors. Stop I, it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if this is, no, it's not a matchup dependent closing lineup. Also, like, what is the closing lineup? I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it's poor. Sometimes it's, it's loony. Sometimes, I, I, I would probably go poor, right? Like, wouldn't you agree with me? You would go poor, Steph. I, uh, you no need the you need the you need the offensive player like it's I, I know pools I know pools defense um isn't ideal for closing but like someone other than Steph has to be able to create a shot and JT, um, Wiggs and Dre like those are your five that's your five I'm with you yeah I mean maybe you can maybe you can mix it a little bit but yeah and I think JTA didn't close tonight because uh, he tweaked his ankle um hopefully that's nothing big but. Um, you know, that, that's what was going on there. So let's keep moving. Another thing about the trade, I think the Warriors could have gotten to the first, but all right, Mike. What up, fellas? Mike, what's up, man? Boy, these guys know how to create some drama, don't they? <laughs> yeah, for sure. The fourth quarter is like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, but they, they fought through it, and I think that's a testament to these guys because they, they, they fought through a lot over the last few weeks and uh six and oh in the homestand is not bad at all. Um I I got some crow to eat, man, because I I called in a couple of weeks ago and I was just like, you know, the world is over with. These guys aren't gonna do anything anymore. And I just didn't think they they had the team. But um I just gotta I just have to admit I I'm I'm gonna eat my crow right now and some salt and pepper and some barbecue sauce and enjoy it so let's let's try <laughs> to get let's try to well, win i, I want to play the lakers let's uh, we're going for it let's thank go you it. let's let's do it for thank for, you forget well, portland yeah, let's do it you know you know the beauty of it is mike great call appreciate it um mm-hmm. lakers are yep. the lakers are the sexier matchup for all the obvious reasons uh but step first dame would still be like, we've seen that, but I'd still enjoy that. You know, like I, I'm going to be happy anyway. Adam Silver. Yeah. Adam Silver happy regardless. By the way, what a week for Adam Silver in the NBA. Amazing. 
Every game today matters, Sam. Good stuff with the NBA. They they've made the last couple of weeks of the NBA season matter again. I'm very happy because I love I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. So good for the league. Uh, yeah, I'd rather see the the Lakers. Um, we've seen the Portland stuff before, but we've never seen uh, Steph playing this way, right? With this high usage against Dame, right? I, I think that'll be a fun game where you just see both guys shoot thirty six times a game. <laughs> uh, so that, Steph, Steph and uh, Steph and um, baby CJ Jordan Poole versus Dame and <laughs> CJ. I mean, he does have some CJ McCollum to his game. Let's not. Let's not, uh, you know, neither are really point guards, but they can handle and create some. So whatever. Um, let's keep moving. Omar. Hey, thanks for Omar. having me, guys. What's up? You can hear me? I don't know you. how Jordan Poole's rocking those short shorts with that big-ass pair he's rocking every fucking game. Like, this, like, you guys have given him love, but, you know, there's a three-play sequence in the fourth quarter that just impressed the hell out of me. The first one where he gives up an open three and you're thinking, is the stage too big? And then he makes the open three like absolutely crucial. And then he picks up his rebound off the, you know, clanked three. And that's basically the game. And, you know, it feels really good to be wrong, so wrong about someone and just have a, you know, a reason to be optimistic. And I'm, yeah, I'm kind of riding off some good vibes right now. And like everything from here, um, provided we, you know, win one of the next two games is just house money. And it's, you know, it's nice just, you know, feeling optimistic and um, like, let's, you know, I, I want to face the Lakers. I want to face, you know, Chris Paul, not the Utah Jazz, who I have absolutely zero belief in. And let's, you know, let's just put some fear into some people. Like that's, that's what I want for the rest of the season. And we can, we can talk about, you know, next year later. Omar, great call. Agree with you. I feel like a lot of us feel that way, like mid season. It was just so frustrating. It was hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, felt like there were just mistakes all over the place. And you know, what a time to what a time to actually start figuring it out, right? All right, let's keep moving. Ayush, hey, what is up, man? Hello. Hey, how's it going? What you got? For all us? right. Yeah. Uh, I just I was saying I, I heard your podcast this morning with Ethan and. So I'm in the UK and I had like two options today to watch the game, either ESPN or NBC. And like, it's like, Fitz is like a drug. So I just couldn't give up. <laughs> and I, I had to. <laughs> like, like, I mean, even though the other broadcasters do- had Doris Berg, but I just couldn't like give up on Fitz and I had to like watch the game on with Fitz on. And like, hey, you gotta, I thought he was good today. So you got to go with the devil, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh I thought Fitz was um the first quarter was peak Fitz when he was um just setting up the conspiracy theory that the refs were not giving the Warriors any calls. Like peak and the Grizzlies were hitting shots like oh they never hit these shots. It was just peak Fitz in the first quarter. <laughs> That's true. That's true, but I think it's just like uh, the thing is, now that I've like heard you guys talk so much about Fitz, it's like I can't watch a game with Fitz without thinking about this stuff. So I'm kind of <laughs> focusing on, on that as well. Oh, Fitz said that. That was right. This is what you were saying as well. So it's kind of like that now. I, I usually appreciate you calling Fitz in. Is a anytime we can. Yeah, anytime we can. Uh, anytime we can just unite the fan base, it's good. All right, let's keep moving. 
Yo. John, what's up, man? What up, guys? What a win. This is great. Pool, this is another, you know, quiver in the hat for Pool on his development. I mean, we even saw it in the fourth. He kind of passed up one, 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 three at a key moment. And you start to get a little nervous. We come right back. He does a relocation three to the, in the corner, nails it, his confidence up. He hits a couple more. Tremendous for his development. Super stoked about that. And you watch the game, and, you know, you could see Memphis sulking as soon as Brooks went out. They could sulk their way out and not even play again in the nine. You know, right? Like, they, they could lose to the Spurs. I'm not even really worried about seeing them again. And, frankly, I don't know worried about seeing them again because I think we can beat the freaking Trailblazers. I, I don't think the Blazers are going to win the game tonight. You know, and we're going to go and smack them and beat them down. We'll be in the 2-7 game. We'll play Phoenix. Phoenix likes to go small. Our small lineup is the better of our lineups, and we'll beat Phoenix too. So I think I think we got a lot of positive things to go here. But, uh, you know, the, the real question is, um, hey, you know, what are you guys drinking tonight? How are we celebrating? <laughs> How should we celebrate? What should we be drinking, John? Let me ask I don't you know. Answer. You know, nothing, nothing top shelf because this is just playing. But, you know, something that's got a good sipper. I'm gonna ask Sam because you, you. Yeah, you we'll take me, it, John. Some, yeah, John, I'll, I'll be taking vodka. recommendations. You can also tweet at us what is the appropriate drink to have post game because we. Yeah, you don't want to go. You're not going top shelf over getting the eight seed. That's just a little. It's a little too much. <laughs> but like but this game does. But this game deserves more than just like a Bud, Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, a little, little better than that. Moscow Mule, you know, something kind of classic. It does sound good. Moscow Mule does sound. Margarita sounds good too. Yeah, yeah margarita would be great. You know, just. A little buzz, happy we made it, and then move on. I'm with you. I'm with you. Something with, the, something with some tequila, I think, would be good. That'll, that'll be good. John, truly, appreciate the call. Truly, truly iced tea. Sam doesn't know this, and he'll never know this because he, he's, too much of a, he's too much of a beer person to drink truly iced teas. But I'm telling you guys, truly iced teas, best alcohol that's out there right now. Is that, is that the move? It's a seltzer. I don't think you're a seltzer guy, Sam. And it's I'm sweet. not. I'm not. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm generally not into sweets in general. I'm more of a savory type of guy. Anyway. Um, Is that a squirtle? Jasper, what's going on, man? Oh, that's a Bulbasaur. Hey, can you guys hear me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can hear <laughs> you. What's up, man? Perfect. So first, just want to send Colin in from Ireland. So this is the first time I'm able to uh, actually get in on the fun live, having a blast. Um, I got kind of a two-parter here. One is everyone's saying the Lakers is kind of who they want for the play-in. I'm going to stir the pot a little bit and say I'd like to get the Blazers and we can finally settle the Dame versus Steph thing that's been going on for a year plus. Whoa, and Jasper, the, uh... that's, that's been settled. We're, we're not opening a fake debate here. That's like, uh, yeah, that's we're still like, having uh... to listen to it, though. <laughs> the yeah, second we're... thing is looking, looking into the future a little bit. What do you guys think about a kind of pool Wiseman coming off the bench as like the new kind of Lou Will Montrez Harold going in next year. We only saw a little bit of it before he got hurt, but seeing pool come alive, kind of wonder what you guys think about that. I like that. I like that. I like that too. Um, I feel like pool long-term is going to be better than a six man, but like for the Warriors perspective going into next year, just be the win six man of the year, be, be one of the best six men. And then like, force the Warriors to make a decision about like having to start you because you're too good. You know, like they they could, we can have worse problems than, Oh man, the Warriors have too many good players. Like two months ago or like the Warriors don't have enough players period. So, and I still kind of feel like they don't have enough players to actually matter, but it's good to see pool come alive. Uh, I'm Wiseman stuff. Quick Wiseman stuff, Sam, because we, we, we talked about this a little bit. 
Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was 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 fun tonight. A lot of blocks, a couple steals, uh, some some big threes, some nice finishes at the rim. And, I don't uh, know how that three. I don't know how that three goes like in, but it goes it. in. It goes in it. consistently I, too. Yeah, yeah it goes in a lot. So coming into the season, I was like, eh, I wish Wiseman was like that guy. Now Wiseman's not shooting 38, 39, 40 percent from three, but you know he has a nice shot. I would really like Wiseman to be you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. moving forward, which is a lot better ceiling than Montrezl Harrell. Which Montrezl Harrell is very fun, very good. But it's but funny because I because I um, I tweeted during the game, how long will it take Wiseman to get to um, you know, the level of play that Jaron Jackson Jr. is showing. Because I thought Jaron Jackson, more than anything, was excellent on defense. Very good. Like, there's not a lot of bigs yeah. who can pick Steph's pocket or hang with him. Like, really, there's like three in the league. And he he might be there. Like, he does about as good a job as a, as a real big can do. And it was funny. When I said that, it's like 50% of the people are like, Wiseman's going to be that good next year. And then the other 50% is like, never, never happening. So yeah, never, never, never. It's funny, man. One. It's yeah. funny, man. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the middle next year seems a little optimistic, <laughs> but never seems kind of a little too pessimistic, guys. Yeah, it's dramatic. It's dramatic. I, I said end of next year. We got the same trajectory almost, kind of, right? Both got meniscus injuries. So we'll see. Hopefully, Wiseman gets healthy. But uh, yeah, hopefully, he doesn't have the, the complications Jaron Jackson Jr. had of meniscus. But like, judging by tonight, he looks fine. So even if he did have a setback, it doesn't look like it has done anything to like hamper him uh, physically in any way, which is what yep. truly matters. Yep. Uh, let's get going. Mike Mikas. Mike, what's up, man? Can you guys hear me? Oh, there we go. Me- we can hear you. What's up, man? Oh, beautiful. Uh, it was a beautiful win today. The Warriors won me a lot of money. So I've, I'm back made up from the Toronto Raptors blowout in the Dallas Mavericks. But we're doing great. Uh, I'm very excited. I knew it. I, I actually put in the discord before the game. I said, we're going to be up five at halftime. We're going to get a big Memphis is going to make a push and we're still going to win. Called my shot. I was correct. So just so you guys know, you're looking for predictions for the playoffs. I'm going to have to, back. I'm going to have to double check that in the discord. And, um, and I, I, screenshot, I, screen, I did screenshot and tweeted actually. I literally, it's already been tweeted out. So you're good. Give us your predictions then, Mike. Give, give us, yeah, give okay. us your, your predictions. Well, actually, I, give um, us some good stuff. Okay, predictions. We are going to be beating the Lakers uh, for the play-in. I know, hot take. Love we're going to win by three. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. And then we're going to beat Phoenix, and we're going to lose possibly in the second round. I don't know who we're going to be playing, but I, I see a second round uh, demise. If we can lose to the Lakers, we're going to the Western Conference Finals. That's my hot take. <laughs> but um, anyway, to, to talk about the game, uh, I have been truly – uh, remarkably impressed by both the play of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole over the last, you know, 20 games since Wiseman went down, but especially the last like six, seven games, who is it more important to keep their play up for the playoffs and moving forward? Is it more important to get the Andrew Wiggins we've been seeing of late or the Jordan Poole that we've seen of late? Who's more vital to our success to win games moving forward? Ooh, that is a, that's a great question, Mikas. I actually think you, you probably need both. Uh, it's not no, like no, this team. Sam, you can't stop, Sam. You got to. Oh, am one. I hedging? Am I hedging too hard? Am I hedging yeah, too hard? I'm not letting you off the hook. You pick one. You got to pick one. Who 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 do you think is most important? More important. You got to pick one guy. Wiggins. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be asked. To, I guess he's gonna be asked to like check Donovan Mitchell if they play Utah or Devin Booker if they play Phoenix. Yep. He's gonna get that assignment. Um, yep. And he, yeah, if he's not there, it's it's Baysmore hacking away. And, you know, that's that's not. <laughs> well, at end of day, it's like you have you still have Steph Curry. So the the delta between uh, uh, what you can or can't have with on the wing with Wiggins is is pretty bad, right? But like you always still have Steph there, so you can kind of live without Paul. But again, 
I think that's, but I think more fun, like the guy that, that I'm more interested in seeing develop through the next few years is, I think everybody agrees with this, is Jordan Poole, right? Because we don't know. Maybe he ends up being CJ McCollum and, and uh, or maybe he's just kind of who he is today. But I think that that's the fun part. But yeah, more valuable. Andrew Wiggins' defense is pretty underrated um, when you're talking about uh, this team. Uh, this- Absolutely. Oh, got a special guest, host of uh, Burners and Basketball on the Blue Iron Network and Grizzlies blogger, Molly Morrison. Molly, what's going on? Wait, hello? Oh, there we go. Hey, can go. You, yeah, can you hear Am us? Am I a speaker right now? You are. You requested to speak. How did that happen? So I requested to speak. <laughs> yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Hi. Um... I've been like listening to this while it's very, I love it. I've never listened to these, but I've been listening to it in the background while I clean my room. Um, great win guys <laughs> was okay. Let me think of a good question. Well, as a Grizzlies fan, how did you feel? How did you feel about that? Let, let me ask you this yeah. as a, as a Grizzlies fan, did you think the whistle was reasonable or unfair or just kind of normal for Dylan? Yeah. Oh, you mean overall? Yeah, I mean overall on the game because, like, anytime you get a game that tight where there's a lot of foul calls, someone online is going to be conspiratorial in one direction or another. So I'm just, I'm just gauging since obviously the Grizzlies didn't win. How did you feel? Um, honestly, I felt like it wasn't great for us in the first half. I didn't notice it to be as bad in the second half. Like that one instance where um, there was some foul called and two Warriors players swung their hand in a motion where like that is an automatic net technical and they didn't call it. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like the Dylan call. A lot of the calls that were bad just felt like things you don't call in the last game of the season rather than just like ridiculous. There were maybe two calls that I felt were just completely absurd. Did y'all feel like the Draymond Draymond plot was pretty funny. (laughs) The Draymond plot plot was pretty, uh, pretty classic when I think they, they Draymond kind of knew like, Hey, he has five. He sees Dylan running at, uh, running at Steph. And he said, well, I'm just going to stand here in the way and get the call. That is playoff Draymond. I think that was an instant classic right there. No, the thing about Draymond is that everything he does, it's so annoying, but it's so smart. Like the positions he puts himself in, he just knows what he's doing. And, He's I don't like epi- him at all. But. He's the epitome of a player you will you absolutely love if he's on your team and hate if he's on the other team. I actually think that's probably true of Dylan Brooks also. Like yeah. if he's on your team, you love him. If he's on the other team, you think he's irritating. I don't know, man. A lot of people in the Grizzlies are anti Dylan Brooks, and it blows my mind. A wow. lot of Grizzlies fans. If he's my favorite, it blows my mind. You don't like his shooting, his shot selection? Because he's got some wild shot selection. He, he is, does. He's the Kent Bazemore. Maybe he's the Kent Bazemore. Warriors fans don't really like Kent Bazemore. That kind of works out. The comp kind of works. I don't know. I, I see him as like a maybe a slightly, very much less iconic Tony Allen in the way that you just have to accept his flaws offensively for all of his good. I like that. I like that. He's a little bit of a better shooter than Tony Allen, but but not quite a shooter. <laughs> Somebody either, said he's forty so. percent from the field. <laughs> I do now. I see the Tony Allen. Now I see it. No, that was that was good. John Morant. Y'all, y'all. I saw the. Yeah. I saw the worst take on Twitter. Sorry, I'll I'll let this podcast resume. <laughs> I saw the worst take on Twitter after our loss. Someone said, "Jaw is like Tony Allen with worse offense." <laughs> 
It's a little, it's a little aggressive. Is that, I, is that Tommy the, Gunn? The thing I like about – yeah. By the way, Molly, we appreciate you coming on. But the thing I really like about these locker rooms is I don't have to subject myself to the ridiculous tapes on the timeline. Like I pulled up my phone a second – well, I looked at it a second ago, and it's already like conspiratorial that about the refs. And I'm like, all right, putting this away. I uh anyway I one, one more thing <laughs> the Warriors did leave Jaw open to hey. shoot like there was Tony Allen that was pretty funny hey Dylan you were going oh call. no <laughs> oh dude, Dylan dude. hey Dylan come back uh, apologies for that one there we go perfect hey sorry about that Dylan oh yeah no hey, no problem up, um yeah no man I'm I'm just super hyped what a game forty six points from Steph um the, I had a couple quick questions the first is. It looks like Steph's going to end up averaging just under 13 attempts a game. I know you guys have talked about this kind of early in the season about, you know, what what was that going to look like this year with, you know, Clay out and, you know, no other good shooters on the team. But, you know, how many attempts per game do you think is ideal for Steph next year? Obviously, with, you know, Clay back taking hopefully at least 20 minutes a game. I mean, my honest, by the way, Dylan, great question. There is no number of shot attempts that is too much for Steph Curry. Everything is in context of like, how many shots can you get him while keeping everyone else in rhythm? I think that's really all it is. Like Ooh, if, great point. If, yeah. if Steph can, t- if you can, if you can have every possession end in a Steph Curry shot, you're probably going to win. But usually that leads to bad basketball and other guys. Kind of- yeah, no, that, that's a great point. By the way, Jeremiah, really quick in the comments, they asked why we're not doing spaces. Sam and I, uh, we do locker room because they also record as a podcast. Uh, we like to provide content both to the people that are here and then that are also listening to and download the uh, and subscribe to like, billions, the which, billions of like your subscribers, which we should do an ad really quick. You know, if you guys, if you guys don't subscribe, you should. So uh, and rate five stars, but that, that's why we do it here. Um, um, so let's move on. What, what were you saying? Sam? You made a great. Oh, right. What the amount of shots that stuff's taken. Yeah, I'm with you. 36 today, most ever. Um, but you don't want to do the James Harden or the Russell Westbrook, right? The guys, they have the ball so much, you know, 15 assists a game. 20, 28 shots, 29 shots a game, every game. Then you got guys that just like Andrew Wiggins would be out of rhythm. You had no idea what he'd be doing out there. Like he probably couldn't make those threes that he, that he, that's he's making right now. Same with Poole, same with JTA. Um, and so I think he also makes guys, you can't play that style with Draymond. Draymond is not a stand in the corner uh, type of guy. So he's good when he's playing with Steph, playing off Steph. So I thought that was a great point. Absolutely. All right. Mr. Not Chasing oh, Wins. Beautiful. Well, you, you're going to have to change your name because the words are chasing wins now. But let's... <laughs> okay, you guys hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can you're hear good. you. are good. Okay. Um, so, like, the last, like, what, two minutes of the game where Seth hit, like, three consecutive threes um, really reminded me of game four in 2016 against Portland. It was just all-time stuff. Yeah, I just want to say You mean that. when Steph had 18 in the fourth quarter, his I'm here, I'm back game? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. Me I mean, just it's bi- unreal threes. Look, I'm not trading anything that happened during the KD era, but we did kind of not get to see Steph in this type of role for three years there. So I'm not going to be upset that we get to watch this show because I don't know how many more years we're going to get of it. And it's there's not a better show in sports. Sorry, anyone no, who says no. that, like, you know, it's like I love watching Pat Mahomes. I love watching like. Otani or Tatis play baseball. You know, we can go down the list. Messi, Ronaldo, doesn't matter. None of them are. I mean, I can't top that comment, Sam. Uh, one thing on Steve Kerr, real quick, because uh, he, he said not chasing wins. 
Um, Steve Kerr brought Steph back in with 10 minutes. Also, an amazing challenge down with about, I think, three and a half left in the game uh, with John Morant. I know the, the Memphis ended up winning the tip, and they missed the three, but I thought it was a great challenge. He saved it, um, and it was in the part of the game where the Warriors were up six, I believe, and there was a momentum shift there. So I thought that was great. Um, Steve Kerr chasing wins. Good stuff. Just, you know, might give him a, a D for the first half of the season <laughs> and maybe maybe an A- minus for okay. the second half. I mean, how can we be critical as two people who slacked in the midterm and just crammed at the finals to get a passing <laughs> grade? So it's very relatable, Steve. Tip of the cap. <laughs> oh, I brought on two people at once. That's an accident. Steph better try to call back in. But Sultan, what's up, man? Oh, what's up, guys? Actually, a little, a little bit of a thought experiment, I guess, um, instead of a question. But we talked about Steph missing a lot of threes today. Do you think there's something to be said about uh, points per possession will miss threes? Because usually he has, like, two people coming at him. And I saw he had four off- offensive rebounds off of his threes today. So I mean, he might have, like, a better uh, points per possession than a Looney mid-range or, like, a, uh, or a JTA three. That's an OZ thought experiment right there, Sam. I don't even know where to go with that one. Uh, that's. I'm, was that just Ozzy calling in under Sultan? Is that what that was? This guy spread the brand around. No, um, I, that's that's similar to the Kobe thing, like what people used to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like. I mean, I'm going to default to my perspective, which is like, there's just there's no amount of shots that's like going to be a mistake with Steph, right? Yeah. Like you go about it any direction. So, oh, there there is one there is one thing to note near the end of the game. There, uh, Jordan Poole with a couple of times where he shot the ball and actually looked to get the rebound. Looney, same thing. So these guys are, I think, they're not used to stuff shooting this much, but now that they are, they're kind of, uh, a lot of guys just spend time, especially the defense, just watching Steph go and watching him shoot. There are rebounds to be had, and I think that's where another Kobe comp, where, where people used to kind of make fun of the, oh, if Kobe's going to shoot every shot, you can get a rebound and get a bucket if you can get the O-Rep. So I think this is, uh, maybe this is part of it, but I don't have an answer for the for the math side. <laughs> we'll keep it Yeah. We'll keep moving. All right. Apologies for kicking you off earlier. Steph better. Was good, guys. Um, I was just wondering. We saw Steve Kerr go eight deep again. It seems to be like the the theme these last few games. How do we feel about Michael Mulder getting playoff playoff minutes this year? Um, I mean, (laughs) they need a shooter. By the way, fair question. Thanks for calling in. The double unmute. Me and Sam just sitting there. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't even. I mean. Do they have another option until Damian Lee yeah, comes back? Right, and right. Um, we have no reason to think he will be back in the first round based off just based off the way they're talking about it. Um, sucks for him. I hope he gets healthy um, and gets over the complications with COVID. But based off of that, like they don't have another option. They just don't. Someone they need a shooter off the bench. They need someone to eat some minutes and he can do it. Well, yeah, I'm with you. Maybe Chade play Jordan Poole 35 minutes a game. It looks like he might not be able to hold up with how uh, how small he is on the ankle. By the way, uh, Wachio was pretty funny at the end with Jordan Poole uh, high five and Steph. You could see Jordan Poole's like two inches taller than Steph, so it's a, it's a, that's a tall guy. Maybe maybe he can. Uh, nah, he's not gonna be able to play shooting guard. But uh, but I think that was <laughs> he's like in between. He's like in between uh, great size for a point guard to like just a little too small for an ideal shooting guard. Yeah, but maybe uh, if we get maybe four minutes. Maybe if What's they that? do play Portland, we can really size them up next to CJ to see how much of confidence. Steph, Steph and Paul and Damon CJ really is perfect. I guess the difference, as it always is, is, is one team has three, one three, the other doesn't. Agreed. All right. I'm going to bring – oh, Adam, trying again. 
Adam, what's up, man? How you doing, Sam? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. How you doing, Andy? Yes, sir. What you got for us? I said it in the chat, but I just, I'm just, I just want to speak about Andrew Wiggins. He, when he's aggressive, when he's attacking the hole, he's not afraid of contact. He like like that. He'll never be worth his money. But if he plays like that every game, there was even a, a, I think it was in the second quarter. He came down. He swatted someone. He ran to the wing. He hit a three. And it's like when you see someone play like that, it's just it's so enjoyable to watch. And today's game, I was a bit nervous when Memphis made that run in the fourth quarter. But seeing Poole, seeing Wiggins, seeing Draymond attack the cup when the Warriors were cold. And then obviously seeing the, the grand finale and Steph just closing out the game. It's, it's exciting. And I, 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 think, I think the Warriors have, have a shot at beating the Lakers. It's one game. I'm not sure if they do it, but I think they have more of a chance than people are going to give them credit for. Go Warriors, go baby. Great call. What the clapping, it. too. Love I love Great it. Energy. All right. We get a couple more, and then we're done for the day. Niv. What's up, man? Hey, can you guys there hear we me? Go. We can hear you. What you got awesome. for us? First of all, great win today. I think uh, the team is on a, the highest, you know, highest of highs right now. I think one of the biggest uh, changes they made uh, to counterbalance the non-Steph and non-Dre minutes was put JTA in there. He's really been running the offense for the first few minutes. And then uh, Coach Kerr has been bringing uh, Dre back in a little bit early in the second quarter. Um, and, and they've been winning those minutes recently. Uh, and that's been great for them. And I think for the, for the first round, if I had a choice, I prefer Utah. A lot of people say Phoenix. But with Utah, you can run Gobert off the floor with Steph. And Utah has uh, less uh, good you know, wing defenders than Phoenix. Phoenix has uh, Cam Johnson. They got a lot of other guys that can defend and are lengthy, but Utah just doesn't have that. I was wondering what you guys think of that. I've, you know what? So Utah or Phoenix, Andy, uh, I, I've, I've been thinking more and more about it. I, I kind of feel like, despite the fact that Chris Paul oh, is playoff season, oh, you're leading Phoenix. no one else on that team has been there. Oh. I, you know, I think, honestly, Gobert is probably a better playoff player than Aiton at this point. Yes, yes. I think they both are going to have issues. Yes. Um, Bridges is a hell of a wing defender, but so is Royce O'Neal. Um, they just don't shoot. He's right. They don't shoot as many threes. Like you, Utah is just going to be a pain because you know they're going to get up 10 more threes in the Warriors every game <laughs> in that sense. Whereas, like, Phoenix, it might be a little more of a – like like kind of like a rock fight like it was when they played on Tuesday. But like I'm not sure they're gonna blow the Warriors out too often. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you, Sam. Except for one thing. I just I don't know how we feel about Mitchell and Conley. So usually the hypothetical is of course, but we really don't we truly don't know. So I guess I'm just gonna lean Utah because if Mitchell's not playing, Warriors should damn near be favored in that series. Because Mitchell's the he's the he's like the Devin Booker, right? He's the guy that can get his own shot on that team repeatedly um and nobody else can in my opinion on, on that utah team consistently in a seven game series so i'll leave utah just because of the injuries I, I think you're right though i think phoenix is not as tough as uh as their seeding indicates that they are and 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 the media is pushing cp3 as mp uh, as mvp which is preposterous um yeah hey it's like no one uh, i don't know man. 
we yeah, don't need yeah. him to CP3 stuff yeah. right now, but it's like really good player, but he's not that. Man. He's never been. You know? He's never been. He's not stuck. No. Steven, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, I joined in late. So I don't really know what you guys cover, but I just want to give huge to Draymond. Uh, I know he's frustrating as hell during the regular season, but no more throwing him into these hypothetical trades to dump his salary. He's performed when it matters. As soon as he had eight points in the first quarter, um, to quote a great guy, start the buses. Uh, it was over at that point. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Go, go down. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't stop laughing because uh, Fitz, when the Warriors went down earlier today, we didn't hear Fitz uh, talk about uh, starting the team bus. Now, what happened? You must have read. You must have read Twitter. You must have read the comments. He was pretty calm today. Fitz was. So. Yeah. No. I. <laughs> Fitz. What a legend. Um, Fitz, Fitz SPN, one of your finest works, by the way. I I went out of my way to find a, uh, a link to the to the Fitz uh, stream instead of watching on ESPN. So shout out, shout out to you, shout out to Fitz. Nice. All right, last caller of the day, Rowan. Rowan, what's up, man? Yo, guys. Um, I was just wondering, uh, with Draymond uh, playing small ball at the five, are there any matchup problems like AD playing at the five um, that could screw the Warriors going forward? I know. I mean, I think he's probably okay against, like, Gobert, even uh, people on the Blazers. But do you guys see any other matchup problems with Aiton or anyone else if Draymond plays the five? I mean, Great question Great question to close the show with, by the way. Um, yeah. Andy? I mean, there's two other teams, I would say, that, that probably match a problem, and they're not in the West. KD and Giannis, right? We saw what KD at the five can do, um, and then Giannis at the five. I actually That's don't it. know that Giannis yeah. is as big of a matchup issue. Um, but, I mean, because because he can seal him on the other end. Well, they are well, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. But I think so. The thing with we're talking West. The, we're talking. Yeah, West. the thing with Draymond at the five is who can switch from guarding him onto Steph because that's really what it comes down to. Mm, and yes. yes, you you name the list right there. No, no, AD I, can I, do I it. Yeah, AD can do it. Um. Maybe the Clippers, if they want to go super small with like Kawhi on, on Draymond and stuff like that, like he could, they can do it. Um, Giannis on that side of the ball is probably, you know, he's probably as good as you can hope for it doing it also. And maybe KD also. Uh, anyone with like a more traditional big, like if Steph misses, he misses. They're not doing anything. You know, guys like AD and Giannis actually move like wings and could theoretically guard Steph up towards half court without like fear of being blown by bam so another guy you're right you made yep. a great point bam another guy maybe they're on the east though isn't that kind of weird but i guess you name the two la teams two la teams and that's two LA teams right yeah yeah and it's they just have more talent like yeah. we, we've said it all year you know if clay was healthy maybe it's a different story but clay's not healthy so it just kind of is what it is um you're hoping the warriors Jordan make some cool, noise baby. in the playoffs yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. You get Clay back next year and re, uh, you know reshuffle around the margins. I still think they're going to be tough for anyone, though. Yep, I think that that's the best way to put it. I think with the way that Steph is playing, they're as tough as they are for anybody. We'll be back tomorrow with the podcast, probably be previewing the playing game, and uh, we'll see you guys after the late. Uh, after the after the seven eight playing game. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, seventy <laughs> we'll percent chance Lakers, thirty percent Blazers. We'll see. Let's go.